I thought that was really cool, Doc, when you put that trumpet right over the top on that. That was so neat. All right. Um, we have Richard home. I want him to give us a short testimony about what the Lord's been doing with uh, him and what we can expect here for just a minute. Well, we are back in the area uh, throughout December, and Lord willing, first of next year, we'll be kind of back on the road again. Uh, we are, as was mentioned earlier, uh, kind of right up, I think just over 45% now, and uh, we have, again, some others that have talked like and said specifically they will be taking us on, so when that starts coming in, uh, we might even bump up over 50%, so we praise the Lord. Uh, for that, hoping uh, that I was kind of hoping for that by the end of this year, so maybe throughout this month that'll come to be, uh, Lord willing. Uh, and then uh, first next year, as we travel or we travel again, please be praying. We'll be going uh, down south for the rest of the winter, so uh, that works for me. Uh, we'll be down in January in Florida, some so uh, praying for us with that. It's in Florida. Become a snowbird. All right, Brother Jay. I mean, singing page 
1 Samuel chapter number 10, if you would please, 1 Samuel chapter number 10. First Samuel chapter number 10. <clears throat> then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head, and kissed him, and said, is, not, is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin and Zelza, and they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses, and sorrow, sorroweth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, 
And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery, and a tabret, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings, and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry, till I come to thee, and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so... That when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that has come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of the same place answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? And when he made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place. We'll stop our reading there, but we'll consider the whole chapter um, as, we look at, uh, as we look at the continuing of Saul becoming the king over Israel. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house this afternoon, and uh, Lord, we love you, and uh, Lord, we love this place, and I ask you to help each one uh, that, is, that is here this afternoon, that um, their hearts would be open to hear from you, and uh, Lord, I ask you to help me to say what you'd want me to say, and uh, we are so grateful for all of your many blessings to us, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. It's been a few weeks since we've been in 1 Samuel, and so just to remind us of where we are, Samuel has, uh, has, Samuel has found Saul, and uh, he has anointed Saul to be the king, but that, that transition has not taken place yet. Saul has not been installed as the king, uh, and we find back in chapter number 8 that uh, we understand that this was not exactly God's plan for this time. Uh, it wasn't that God didn't want Israel to have an earthly king, uh, but he was angry at Israel for the timing of it. Uh, it wasn't time yet for Israel to have an earthly king, uh, but, but we do know that God was okay with, with having an earthly king over Israel. He's, he made provisions for that in the law, and we understand the, the, uh, the, uh, the looking forward to having an earthly king was a, a picture of the earthly king that is still yet to come. Uh, that uh, that it would be it was a foreshadowing of the king of Israel who would come uh, and who still is to come and so it's not that God was mad that they wanted an earthly king but that they wanted it right now and they rejected God and what we see here even it makes reference in our passage in our chapter tonight but but we understand that Israel rejected God as their king uh, and it was a re- revelation of a spiritual problem. Uh, it wasn't just that they were after social reform that they wanted an earthly king but it was that they rejected God Himself. And they rejected all that God could do for them. And so in response to that, then Samuel looks around and God leads him uh, to Saul. Now Saul was uh, a pretty tall guy and he was good looking. And it says that Israel liked Saul uh, for, for what he was, which was a tall, good looking fellow. Uh, that doesn't make for a great king. 
but that's what the people liked. And so uh, we find in chapter 9 that Samuel goes and, and Saul meets him. And uh, pre- I think it was at the beginning of November when we talked about uh, God, uh, the godless leader of God's godless people, right? That, uh, that Saul was not uh, who he was supposed to be. He was, he was not a spiritual guy. We see that uh, going through the life of Saul, uh, that he was not a spiritual guy. He, he, was not after, uh, he was not after following the things of God. Now, chapter 10 does give us somewhat of a picture of uncertainty with that statement. Because we see that, that Saul, for, a, for a, at least for a few days, uh, was prophesying after the manner of God and after what God wanted him to do. And so we'll look at some of the details here. Uh, but we, but we, we pick up now in chapter number 10 where, where Samuel has, uh, has anointed Saul in, uh, in, cha- in verse number 1 here of chapter number 10. And, and uh, even notice how Samuel says there, verse number 1, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee, anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? There was uh, a, a somewhat of a dig, like... Saul's not really going to be the true king of Israel because I'm the, really the king. He's going to be the captain over Israel, but I'm really the true king. And so Samuel, uh, Samuel uh, does that. And in verse number two, we find that, that Samuel gives Saul uh, some signs that Saul was really going to be king. Because uh, there was some doubt in Saul's mind whether he was supposed to be king. And so Samuel says, uh, all right, Saul, here's what's going to happen. There's three things that are going to happen that's going to show you that you're supposed to be king. That even though God in his anger chose you, we remember that from Hosea chapter number uh, 13, that God in his anger chose Saul to be king. But even in choosing him in anger, he still had compassion on his people. And he wanted, God wanted to have the best relationship possible with Israel. And so even though Saul was not uh, chosen at the right time or was even really the right person, God still wanted to work through Saul in spite of Saul, in spite of Saul. And so we find that uh, Samuel then says, just in case you were doubting it, just in case you were questioning whether God really wants you to be king, uh, I'm going to give you three signs that these three things are going to happen and, and you're going to know that God wants you to be king uh, whether or not you were his first choice or not. And so we find here the three signs that Samuel says. He says, you're going to be going, you're going to depart from me today, and then you're going to go uh, through the border of Benjamin and Zelza, and they're going to say, this is what your father said, and, and then they're going to go, you're going to, so you're going to meet these people. Then the second sign is, then you're going to go forward from, from Zelza to Tabor, and you're going, to meet three, you're going to meet three men that are going to Bethel, and they're going to be carrying some goats, they're going to be carrying some, uh, some bread, carrying some, uh, some wine, and, uh, and, and they're going to salute you, they're going to greet you, and they're going to give you two pieces of bread, two loaves of bread. That's going to be one of the signs that I've chosen you, that God has chosen you to be king. And then he says the third sign here, which, is, uh, which uh, to me uh, is the only one that really is uh, very special, right? Because you could meet anybody with a piece of bread uh, on the road. Uh, usually when people were traveling, they would carry some bread and food. Uh, they didn't have McDonald's back in this days, believe it or not. Um, and so they did have Chick-fil-A, and I won't take time to get into that, but <laughs> classic. They didn't have. They carried bread with them, right? And so it wouldn't have been uh, very odd, I think, that they would have carried bread and Saul would have met somebody with bread. But this third sign is pretty special. And here's what Samuel says: the third sign, verse number six, that the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, with these men of God that you meet. You'll prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. That's what Saul needed. Saul needed to be new. He needed to be different because he wasn't fit to be king the way he was. He needed to be turned into another man. And, Saul, and Samuel said, 
because God is having you to be king, he is allowing you to be king, he's going to turn you into who you need to be. And so he's turned into another man. Verse number seven, let it be with, that when these signs are coming to thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee. He says, use your gifts. Use the gift that God gives you. Use this, prof- this prophecy, this prophesying gift. Use that for the glory of God. Use it the way you're supposed to because you're supposed to be the king of Israel. And so use it for God. And so verse number eight, then, then thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal. And then, so Samuel says, then after that sign, then we'll come together and uh, we'll do some sacrifices and, and, and tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou will do. And so verse number nine, and it was so that when he turned his back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another heart and all these things came to pass. Isn't, isn't that how God does? That when God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, it's gonna, even if it, if it doesn't make earthly sense, uh, if it doesn't make a lot of sense to uh, financially, it doesn't make sense humanly speaking. But if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, and, and that's a good thing to rest in. And so uh, we find that, that uh, we are given the details of this last fulfillment here, verse number uh, 10 and 11 and 12. But notice the reaction to, to Saul prophesying. When they came, verse number 10, uh, when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of the prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them, just like Samuel prophesied what happened that God, God said would happen. And so, verse number 11, it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Um, uh, back in the day, people might have said it like this. Uh, did you get religion, right? Did you get, is Saul among the prophets now? Notice the contrast, because these people knew him before time, and they knew him now, and from what they knew before time, there was no way that Saul was supposed to be prophesying right now, because they knew him. They knew him as a kid. They knew him growing up. They knew him as an adult, even. Before that day, they knew him, and what they knew before of him didn't match with what he was doing now. And so they said, is Saul among the prophets? Did he get religion? Well, how is he prophesying now? And it even says there, verse number 12, that uh, it became a proverb. Is Saul also among the prophets? Uh, Does someone look the way? uh, Why why does Saul look this way? And so a proverb was made because of this this account. Verse number 13, when he made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place where he was supposed to meet with Samuel. And so then where we left off our reading, verse number 14, Saul's uncle said unto him and to his servant, Whither went ye? And he, and he said, To seek the asses. And when we saw that they were nowhere, we came to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, I pray thee, what Samuel said unto you. Now, uh, this is not the main point, but notice this, that uh, if you remember back in chapter number 9, that, that Saul was not familiar with the man of God. He didn't know who Samuel was. Uh, and so when, his, when Saul's servants said, why don't we go seek the man of God? And uh, they went and they go and they meet Samuel. Uh, and Saul and Samuel are standing face to face. And Saul says to Samuel, hey, do you know where the man of God is? And Saul didn't know who he was, but Saul's family knew who Samuel was. Saul's family knew, but Saul didn't. And so what a responsibility that families have to pass on the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the future generations. It's so important. Because Saul grew up for his entire life not even knowing the man of God that lived five miles away from him. 
And so we have such a responsibility to pass on Jesus Christ and the gospel to, the, to those that come behind us. And, and so verse number 16 then, uh, notice, notice what Saul responds. Uh, uh, his, his uncle says, where did you go? Uh, and and, and Samuel, uh, excuse me, Saul's uncle says, where did you go? And Saul says, well, we went to go seek the donkeys. And, and when we saw that they were nowhere, we couldn't find them. Then we went to Samuel. And so Saul's uncle says, well, tell me, what did Samuel say? Now, Remembering back to chapter number 9, there was a lot of stuff that Samuel told Saul, right? Samuel told Saul where the donkeys were. He said, don't worry about that. They're being taken care of. But also, a kind of big thing happened with Samuel and Saul in chapter number 9 that's kind of a big life-changing thing. He was anointed king, right? That's a pretty big thing. But notice what Saul says. Saul says, this is what happened. This is what Samuel told me. He told me the donkeys were found. But of the manner of the matter of the kingdom, whereof Saul spake, Samuel spake, he told him not. He said, Saul, Saul's uncle says, "Well, what, what did Samuel tell you?" And Saul says, "Well, he just told us where the donkeys were." Well, you're leaving a little little piece of information out there, bud, right? This is a big thing, but Saul doesn't reveal that. And so, so some time passes. Verse number seventeen. Samuel calls the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah. And said to the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, uh, I brought up Israel uh, out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms and, and, and of them that oppress you. And ye have this day, notice this is, how God, this is how God responded to Israel, ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversities and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord, by your tribes and by your thousands. And so God, we find what God felt about the nation's decision to, to crown Saul as king, that, that God himself said, you have rejected me. And we won't belabor that because we already covered that in chapter number 8. But, but God says, you've rejected me after all that I've done for you. We won't go over all that God has done for Israel because we'd be here for a real long time reading through Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges. Uh, reading all of those accounts, God delivered them time after time after time and blessed them time after time after time. And after all of that, they said, God, we'd rather have an earthly king to go before us and to judge us and to fight our battles. And so verse number 20, when Samuel had caused all of the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. So, well, so what they're doing now in, in these verses that follow is, is that it, it kind of seems like Samuel is trying to set up so that Saul is randomly chosen to be king. That's kind of what is happening here. Uh, and, and we understand it's not random that, that Samuel had already chosen Saul and God had been okay with Saul becoming king, but, but that, this is what it's looking like. And so Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken, and he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, and the family of, of Matri was taken, and the Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. That, that's, that's quite curious. This, this is all of Israel is gathering together, and they're going to pick who the new king is, but the new king, who had already been picked, is nowhere to be seen. He's gone. He can't be found. Uh, notice where he is. Verse number 22, the people inquired of the Lord further if the man should, uh, if the, if the man should yet come thither. Uh, it's funny, actually, verse number 22, the word inquired uh, it has the same root uh, word as the name Saul. They both mean asked of God. And so they said, where is this man who we have asked of God? They, they asked God 
where is this man that they had asked God for? And so a play on words there. They had inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. He hath hid himself among the stuff, among the baggage. Among the baggage. That's where you're going to find Saul. You're going to find Saul hiding himself. And, and, and that's, that's not really a good testimony for the new king, is it? That's the new king of Israel who was to fight their battles and who was to go before them and to judge them. But here he is hiding among the suitcases. Quite an uncertain picture of who Saul is. And they ran and fetched him thence, and when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. Samuel said, Isn't this guy something? Isn't he something? This king that you've chosen is quite a special guy. He's hiding among the baggage. He's hiding among the stuff, and he's supposed to be the king. Verse number 25, And Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. So some, some did. They said, you know what, God has chosen Saul. Uh, whether he liked him or not, Saul is our king now. And, they, and God touched their hearts to follow Saul, to, Saul, to follow the one whom the Lord had anointed. And we find that that's what God referred to him later as, and that's what David referred to him as, that Saul was the Lord's anointed. And, and some people saw that and said, we're going to follow this man. But not, not everybody felt, felt that way. Not everybody was okay with Saul. Verse number 27, the children of Belial said, how shall this man save us? He's hiding among the stuff. How is he going to do the things he needs to do? And they despised him and brought him no presence. But he held his peace. I will say just... Because of the last statement there, uh, but that's a good look on Saul. Uh, Saul could have said a lot of stuff, and being the not most spiritual guy that he was, uh, it would have made sense had he said stuff, uh, but, but we were told that he held his peace. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything to these who are rejecting me as king. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything to them. And, and what a good testimony. And uh, even as a reminder in the New Testament where Peter writes that when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not again. And how often do we open our mouths when, when others' mouths are open against us? And we oftentimes don't we put our foot in our mouth? But Saul held his peace. I'm not going to say anything. And so we find here, verse chapters 9 and 10, overall we find the story of, of Saul being anointed king. And we're given quite an interesting perspective on Saul. Because on one hand we find that Saul is a pretty carnal guy who doesn't care about the man of God and, and who's not really interested in giving to that. Uh, but, and, and then we find that he's hiding himself among the stuff. He's, he's not really looking forward to being king in a physical sense, in an earthly sense. But then on one hand, we also find that he's, that he's prophesying among the prophets. And, and God turned him into another spirit. God gave him, turned him into another man and gave him another spirit, gave him a new heart. And so we find that these two, uh, these two things come together uh, in this, that, that as Israel is reading, remember this, this was to show the history of, uh, of Israel. And so as, as Israel is reading this in years, to, in years later, they would have looked at Saul and said, what an uncertain picture of the king of Israel. What, what uncertainty lied in those, in those first days of Israel? As the first king is, is coming up, what, what uncertainty, what, what a muddled picture. And I think what God wanted Israel to understand from this passage is that while the leadership of Israel was quite uncertain, God would always be certain. That no matter what the, no matter what the leadership looked like, 
that no matter what Saul would have done, no matter if he was following God by prophesying, or whether even, as, in we, as we'll see in chapter number 11, uh, where, Saul, where Saul in chapter number 12, where Saul just completely goes haywire, uh, whether Saul is prophesying among the prophets and among the men of God, or whether he is completely messing up the entire nation by his actions, that whatever is happening in Saul's life, that God would always remain the same, and that God would always be certain And that while Saul might not be able to be trusted as the earthly king of Israel, that God could always be trusted as God. And how fitting is that in our life? That no matter what you are facing, that there will be uncertain times. And I don't know where everyone is at today, but you will face uncertain times in your life. We are facing uncertain times in our life. And no matter what, God is always certain. He is always sure and he can be trusted, and he is a foundation that will never move, and that no matter what, that we can always be sure that he will lead us where he wants us to go. No matter what Israel was facing, God would deliver them again, and again, and again, as they trusted him, and as they followed him. And so I I just want to encourage you this afternoon, it's a very, very simple message, but I just want to encourage you that no matter what is happening, that you would trust the God that never changes. Even when everything else changes, God never changes. I love the song that uh, Jared sings sometimes, and maybe the V's sing sometimes, uh, That's My God. One of the lines in there is that time has never changed the changeless one. And we can rest in that and we can trust in that, no matter what's happening, because he loves us and he desires to lead us and to guide us and direct us. Father, thank you so much for this truth. And uh, Lord, I thank you for... Uh, the certainty that you give us uh, as we follow you, uh, even when everything else seems to be uncertain, when everything else seems to be up in the air, when everything seems to be changing, um, Lord, you can be trusted, and um, Lord, we are so grateful for that truth, and I, Lord, I ask that you would please help us to trust in you, even when it's difficult, uh, when we don't see what's ahead, uh, when we're unsure of what's to come. Uh, Lord, you always know and you've, you, are, you already know what's, uh, what's going to happen. And so help us to trust in you. Uh, Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for this. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand to our feet, please, as uh, Brother Jay sings, Cleanse Me, 4, 471. Maybe you just need a renewal in your trust for the Lord as he, as he leads you in uncertain times. Brother Jay sings verse number one, Cleanse Me. In remembrance of the announcements, uh, today, of course, is our Christmas missions offering.
so if you haven't yet uh, participated in that, uh, there's uh, the offering box in the back, and be sure to uh, mark that on your envelope uh, that's for the Christmas missions offering uh, so that we know where it's going and uh, what an opportunity we have to be a blessing to these missionaries. Uh, choir practice, of course, today, at right, right after this, and then uh, an extra choir practice this Saturday at 5 p.m., and then uh, the Christmas program on the 11th. Be sure to invite some folks to come. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, looking forward to that, and I hope that you are as well. Uh, ladies' Christmas party, December 15th at 7 p.m. Uh, bring a $10 gift for an exchange and some finger foods to share. Uh, take place at the Messinger's house. The address is there in the bulletin. And then next week we'll begin to collect, and then on December 18th will be the main day that we take up um, the uh, Gilson Christmas offering and so uh, we'll have a box in the back next week uh, and uh, be sure to have uh, some more gift cards or write a check maybe and Gilson um, but however the Lord leads you in that and then a Christmas uh, patch program December 18th looking forward to that all right uh, let's close in a word of prayer uh, brother Steve if you Thank you.